0: I said something a couple weeks ago that um my wife when I got home she said I had never heard that before and and so I want to take a couple minutes tonight tonight I don't feel like it's a um I I don't have a title for this message because I it feels like a, one of those shotguns I just feel like it's going to just scatter around and and uh, I don't know where it's, what it's going to hit. So if it hits you, great. If it doesn't, then, then uh, don't make it applicable to you. It is irresponsible to take the Word of God given for a season in time and attempt it to apply to us today. However, this goes on in the church every day. The Char- charismatic church especially would say it's the of word. Therefore, it supersedes. It's like this trump card. Who can argue with a thus saith the Lord type of situation? Especially when, when the person in leadership or whoever's around says, this is what the Lord says. Who are you to argue with? You? What can you say in, in, in defense of that? I use this scripture. It says, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We like this scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I took just a moment and I I looked around at that scripture and I wanted to see what the context was. And I said... In verse 10, the verse before it says, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you and bring you back to this place. Now, I want us to understand what he's saying here. He's he's telling them that, listen, at the very end he says, Where I banished you, a place I will bring you back from a place where I carried you into exile. Now, I will offer you this, that if God has put His hand in, in a certain direction, and He, is, he is, He's directed you to go someplace, and He has put you in that position, then if you look at the Scripture here, He's really specifically talking to the nation of Israel. Now, can it be applied to us? I believe in some senses it can, but I want us to be very careful as we go through it, because I said in the beginning, it is irresponsible to take the Word of God given for a season in time, and attempt to apply it to us, when maybe it has no bearing on us. On one side tonight, I want you to know, the charismatics, the, they're, they're, they're on one side. The traditionalists, those who are religious, on the other side. I said this on Sunday. I will guarantee you tonight, somehow, I will manage I am an equal opportunity offender. Somebody's going to get offended on both sides tonight. But here's the deal. I'm not getting paid. So I might as well just let it rip. I, I, just, I figure, you know what? It's okay. You, you know my salary's not dependent on this. I had a friend in ministry when I was first starting. He would take me to the precipice of places, and then he would tell me'd me, say, "Well, I can't go any, I can't tell you any further." as if he'd say, "You know, I can tell you a certain amount, but I can't go on beyond this because, well, it, 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 either because it's too spiritual, or, or almost like there's some secrets. Something spiritually secret that he only he knew about and that I couldn't ab- obtain. I believe that there are people in our lives that do that to us. You know who I'm talking about. There are those that will say, "Oh, um, you wouldn't understand that, because you're not as spiritual as I." <clears throat> if God is saying something, it will be repeated. If God has truly said something, it will be confirmed by other men and women of God. It will be confirmed in your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.29 says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let others pass judgment. Now, I have see, how many times have we ever done that when a word of the Lord comes forth? The word judgment here literally means to separate throughout, or judging back and forth. Meaning to distinguish, to decide, almost as if it's like a, um, a jury. That, that When they finally make that, they deliberate and then they make that decision. That's what he's saying here. When a prophet speaks, there will be those who speak. And then he says, let others pass judgment. A prophetic word must agree with your spirit. And only confirm what you already know. Because vessels are human and subject to fallibility. Prophetic words are to be judged by other mature and older people within the church. As it is written, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But we just read that scripture. The Greek word for this judge is just exactly what I said. To separate thoroughly. It implies the ability to dissect what is spoken and to see if it is the correct statement. The root word is krino. It is a legal term meaning to make a decision on the basis of information presented. Similar to informed, like a jury making a decision after the hearing of pertinent information. Now some of you say, well... That sounds like what you just read there, Greg. That probably sounds like it came from somebody who is just a very biblical man. He's not going to. He doesn't really understand the spirit realm. His name is Perry Stone. Hmm. If the prophet or the man of faith is reluctant to have have the word judged, listen to me tonight. If the prophet or the man of God is reluctant to have the word judged, the word that he gives you, then I will be reluctant to receive it. It's the same thing with your healing. He says you're healed. Check it out. Test it. See if what he said is true. We well, said, Greg. Well, I don't know if that's in the scriptures. Well, let's see what this is what Jesus said in Luke five fourteen. Then Jesus ordered him, "Don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself." To the priests and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them in Luke 17 14 this is where the ten lepers were, were healed he says when he saw them he said go show yourself to the priest and as they went they were cleansed see that's putting your faith in action there isn't it 1st Thessalonians 5 21 says test everything hold on to what is good Christians today would never call a psychic hotline or go to a palm reader. Yet, we search for the next great happening all the time. We look for the prophetic hotline so we can hear from God. Not too many amens right there. See, this is the charismatic treadmill that we live on. This is why we look foolish. This is why we are not trusted by the world. This is why we live on an emotional roller coaster. See, I can give you godly advice without it being, thus saith the Lord. I can give you biblical counsel. I can give you wisdom from experience. And even occasionally, a word of knowledge that God gives us. But godly insight into a situation is as God directs. But none of these have to be followed with, thus saith the Lord, or the Holy Spirit told me to do this. Or told me to say this. I truly want to be balanced in this area. When it comes to the word of God, And the word of the Lord. Not everything we receive is from the Lord. Then it may be... Then maybe, let me ask you this. Maybe what we see, what we hear, sometimes doesn't even really make sense to us in this day and present. I'm going to read you something out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. This is talking about Jesus. It says, "...a king who would reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land." In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Now, I want you to understand that the the children of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, they understood that when Jesus would come, he was going to overthrow the Roman government and free the people. Why wouldn't he? With what you just read there, in his days, Judah will be saved... And Israel will live in safety. Could it be that sometimes when the word of the Lord comes, or we get a message from God, that we don't truly understand it at the moment... It doesn't make true sense. I use this example also in Luke chapter verse Luke chapter 1 verse 67. This is talking about John the Baptist. Now we all know John the Baptist only lived to be 30 years old. He was the Bible says Jesus said that he was the greatest man to ever been born of a woman. It says this about him. His father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied I'm just going to give you a couple verses here. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, His servant. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. See, see, what what they understood at the time when these scriptures were put forth, they thought to themselves, someone's coming that's going to free us from this Roman bondage. Did Jesus or John the Baptist ever do that? In fact, look at the end, it says, and you will go before the Lord to prepare for Him a way, and then He says this, to give His people knowledge of salvation for the forgiveness of their sins. He brought hellfire and brimstone with Him, and then at the very end it says, to guide our feet into a path of peace. It could only be understood because look at John's life. It wasn't one of peace. He called them when they came out to see him. He says here's, he started his message like this: "You brood of vipers." Ooh, how does that sit with us? You know. See, we want a message that tickles our ears. We want a. Like I said, we won't go to, the, the, to the, the palm reader, but we will definitely, we run to every place there is a, wherever there's somebody speaking something, we can't wait to embrace what they're about to say to us. They give us a thus saith the Lord, and we go, he must be talking, we, we, we have to listen to that. I want to offer you tonight, in some ways I believe we feel forced at times to cover for God, because when things don't go as planned, When the prophecy is first spoken and it is interpreted in the light of our present circumstance, later only to be found to be fulfilled in how God set it apart. See, God is the generator, the originator, and the beholder of prophecy. Just because I don't understand it fully does not make it any less valid. There is a big difference in believing what God has promised and praying for things you would like to be true. I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens tonight, but that's okay. I told you, some people are going to... If this is my last Tuesday night, that's okay. Praying confidently for what God has promised. He wants us to pray confidently for those things. Don't put your hope in what others have promised you will get just because you're a good Christian. Your faith in God alone is more than enough. He is the gift. Not seeking the gift. This is going to be a shot over some of your bows tonight. I know that. It's going to be a warning shot but I want it to be, I want you to understand to be careful. This is why Paul in his letter to both the Corinthians and the Thessalonians, he said to these things He regarding prophecy, he said these two things. He said in 1 Corinthians 14 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. 1 Thessalonians five twenty one, and test, test them. Hold on to what is good. Now the 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 thing that we would do and the, the thing that the, the, the traditional church has done is a knee-jerk rege- reaction, rejecting all prophecy altogether, just so that we don't be misled. But 1 Thessalonians 5.19-20 and through 20 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. See, I want to find a balance in this, guys. I want to find God's heart so as not to be led astray. He gives us His Word as the... He gives us His Word as the roadmap for how to live. 1 John 4, 4, 1 and 2, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. Now I know people that will say, Well, you know what? I'm going to use that Scripture. And they they take it literally and say, Okay, I'm just going to ask the Lord, Is this... Guys... This is another one of those scriptures. He was, John was, was, was combating a situation that was in the church, Gnosticism. He was coming against something that was going on. They had denied that Jesus came in the flesh. They were all, that, that he was just a phantom. Now, I'm not saying you can't use the Word of God, but we have to be careful of how we take the Word of God. You can't just go, like I said it before, you can't just apply it to anything you want. You have to look at the context. What's the surrounding? What was John saying? What was his message to the church at that time? What is the context? The second point of prophecy is if a a person claims to have received a word from the Lord to give you, the first important thing is to recognize that those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Recognize those. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 What I want you to know tonight is this. Is there someone that you you have submitted yourself under in the body of Christ? You have placed them in authority over your lives. What happens a lot of times is we will rebel... When we don't get the right answer we like. See, self-appointed prophets, usually, they will go and tell this pastor, you know what, you're not quite spiritual enough, right, Pastor Martin? (laughs) At times, see, when the pastor detects an arrogance and a pride and a wrong spirit, that is why he'll come against these lone ranger prophets and prophetesses, because he wants to make sure that we stay on course. The Lord told me to do thus and so. Know something about that per- person's reputation and character. This is why I don't believe you can just, you can just frolic anywhere you want to go. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I believe that there are times when we go places. I'm not, I want to make sure tonight I'm not giving you this message to say, okay, don't ever go. Don't, ever, don't go over there. Don't ever. No, that's not what I'm saying, but I want you to know. We need to be careful about who is speaking over our lives. we need to know the character of that person that's speaking over our lives. Otherwise, we're introducing everything into our lives. They may be walking in something that you don't know about. That's why when you just walk into a place and you don't have any understanding of it, you gotta, you, we have to be so careful about what we put in the Spirit. See, my job is to carefully, carefully carry you to that, that narrow gate. I take that so seriously. I I I I, I want to steward that soul that God has given us. And there are those today that don't steward it in such a way, all they look for is is what's the what's gonna be the outcome on the other side. I wanna I wanna I wanna get us to that place, whatever it takes to get you through that narrow gate. Because wide is the gate, the Bible says, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And he says, many are going that way. What are the fruits of that person's life? Does their character line up with the fruit of the Spirit? Do they walk in submission to those who are over them? Or are they, I've seen this happen, are they smoking marijuana on the side? Are they involved in pornography? Are they allowing things in their life that don't belong, and yet they're on a stage? Lastly, what they give us must always line up 100% with the Word of God. As the spiritual realm is uncovered, and I pray this, I want you to know this, I pray, Lord... Open up the spirit. Let me see into the spiritual realm. See, we can begin to see things. Everything begins to become more of a spiritual battle. I pray, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see that which is around me. One man I was reading about, he prayed this. And it became so overwhelming because the Holy Spirit began to show him everything. He began to see the enemy at work in all these areas. And he had to say, Lord, take it away from me. It's too much. I can't handle it. And a lot of times what happens is, when we begin to focus our attention on this area, we begin to blame a lot of things on the devil that are not his doing. James tells us, it is the, not the devil that is causing us to sin, but he says, we're carried away and enticed by our own lust. And lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. See, yeah, the enemy is a tempter, But I want you to understand, there is not a cure-all, there is not a magic potion that keeps us from temptation. Temptation is going to be there. I would offer you tonight that if you've been delivered or you've you've been through a a situation in your life where, where God has had to remove something in your life, then it becomes... You have a greater responsibility. You cannot... You cannot cast out the flesh. The flesh has to be submitted to the Spirit of God and the flesh has to be crucified. Guys, this is what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't just go, okay, now it's all done. I went through deliverance. I'm all good. No. There's going to be a battle. Now, all you, now that you've went through deliverance, guess what? Your responsibility is greater. Now that you've been through deliverance, guess what? You're going to be held more accountable. And guess what? The enemy's temptation is going to be stronger. How does this affect our faith? See, it doesn't come down to a matter of whether you believe in... It really comes down to a matter of whether you believe that God has your best in mind. Even if it doesn't go the way you planned. Even if it doesn't go the way others have told you that it would go. I must believe God. There are two things that faith is based upon. Faith is based on truth. Any, any other, anything else outside of that... Faith in falsehood is not true faith. Hebrews one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith also, I loved it because Denae said this to me on Sunday, Faith has to be consummated by our works and our deeds. See, James 2, 19, 20 says, You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? The King James Version says dead. James four seventeen says, Therefore to one who knows what is right, the right thing to do, and does not do it, to him it is sin. That's exactly, that comes back, to, I didn't even preach that on Sunday, but that's the word that came out of that, was, Hey, if, if, If I know what I'm supposed to do and I don't do it, is faith really in me? Do I really have faith? Faith has to be based on these two things. Today there is demonic faith. I talked about this. James talks about that. He says it right there. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. That's demonic faith. Dead faith. Today, there are those around us I'll offer you this. Find a Jehovah Witness. Find a person that, find a, if you find a Jehovah Witness, you will not find a person who is more dedicated. He puts, or they put, a Christian to shame. A Muslim. Who has a greater sacrifice than a Muslim? They're willing to give up their lives for their, for their cause. Seventh-day Adventist. Who has more religion and practical faith? That they follow in. They even restrict themselves in their diet. Mormons. Who can you find who has better morals than a Mormon? See, I'm going to be honest with you. It's shameful, shameful how we as Christians live. We we could take some note of the things, their faith, see what the, what the great deception is in all this, is that the devil is the greatest counterfeiter. They have put their faith into practice while we sit back and watch. Our emotions get stirred, yet we don't put it into practice. Our Christianity looks nothing like the book of Acts, where they lived and died for this thing. On top of all of this, Today, as I come before you, I believe that the Lord is not so concerned about my ministry or even my faith as He is my humility. You say, well, give me an example of that. I want you to look at Moses. Moses was the deliverer. His ministry was going to be to deliver the children of Israel. He tried to take it in his own hands early on in his, in his ministry. He got the, got the call, so what does he do? He slays the Egyptian, and then he has to hide him because everybody who's around, they're they not even ready to follow this guy. And the Lord takes him to the backside of the desert, and there he spends 40 years getting humble. So the Lord's telling me, listen, Greg, if you really want to know, you really want to see my glory, it's not going to take more faith, it's going to take more humility. Look at the life of John the Baptist. The Bible says that in, until almost until he was 30 years old, you didn't hear a thing about this guy. He's out, in the, he's out in the weeds eating bugs, locusts, honey, dirty. This guy would be the guy that pulls up in the old ragtag Volkswagen bug that's. You know, Spartan, you know, sparking off and, and, you know, backfiring and everything else when he pulls up. And we go, really, this guy's going to come and teach us tonight? See, what happens in my life is, I said it a couple weeks ago. I said, Josiah said, I want to feel small. Make me feel small so I can understand who this God that you're talking about really is. So I prayed that for myself. And a situation comes into my life and the first thing I want to do is I want to resist it. I feel small. I've, I've gotten low. I don't like it. It's not comfortable. I came home and I told my wife, I said, Man, I don't know what to do. What? And I prayed that night and I woke up the next morning and I said, Honey, this is the very thing that I prayed for. I prayed, Lord, make me feel small so that i can truly grasp your greatness see that's what josiah did he was the king of judah he needed to be he feel small he says i want to feel what it feels like to be near this all inspiring god teach me in the fear of the lord i asked for this the very thing i prayed for i said this a couple weeks ago i said accept with gratitude everything that a god allows from inside and outside, from friend or enemy, by seemingly natural means or by miraculous ones, to remind you of your need of humbling, and to let it help and let to help you it to it. It's, believe that humility is indeed the mother of all godly character, your most important duty to God and the best safeguard for your heart. Set your heart on it, because it is the source of blessing. Andrew Murray, not Andrew Womack. Andrew Murray from the late 1800s. He wrote this in his book on humility. Wrapping all this together is this. How is this all this tied together? I want you to understand tonight. Usually, when our faith is tested, it is in this place that we doubt, and it is in this place that we usually like to go find a word from the Lord. See, our present circumstance may very well be from God and not the enemy. He took us, he's taking us, he's placed us on the backside of the desert. Some of us feel kind of dry, some of us feel lonely. It's okay. So you are supposed to feel. I was listening to a man not too long ago. He was he, a man who had prayed for people and they had been healed and and many people had been healed through his ministry and they asked him he said what do you feel when you pray for somebody and they're healed he said nothing don't you get goosebumps or something nothing doesn't it flare up some emotional response no not a thing see my being here is purposeful I shouldn't thank him. Embrace the unknown. Embrace faith that's being worked in me. Faith is the smallest of seeds, but it grows to be the biggest tree in the garden. God's looking for us tonight to say, Listen, guys, I put this warning out because I don't want us, it's so easy especially when we're in a dire situation or when things aren't going the way we want to or our faith is being tested and we're doubting. And the first thing, I need a word. I need a word. No, what you need to do, let's get right here. This is where you need to be. God will give you everything you need right here. You don't need to go seek another place. You don't need to go seek another man. You don't need to go seek another woman. You don't need to go seek anything else except Him. He is sufficient. He is enough. His Word, He say, He tells us over and over again, test me. See if what I'm saying is not true. Test, test those, when those words come. And there, I'm going to tell you right now, there are people that want to speak words over you. They are they, they desire to do it. They love to say, thus saith the Lord. Some are real. Some are not. I want us to be careful. Judge it by the word. And it will, it will already be something confirmed in your spirit. And then, you know what? If somebody does give you a word, I do this. My wife and I talk about this a lot. We put it on the shelf. Put that right there. So and so said that about me right there. And then I go find somebody who... Godly men and women around me. I can say, hey, this is what was said. What do you think? So, well, isn't that kind of doubt? No, that's not doubting it. That's, that's putting it to the test. Scrutinizing it. It should be. Don't accept everything someone says over your life. But put it up there and say, okay, God, I'm going to wait on this. I know today there are things... And I give you this... and, I, and I'm going to share this last thing as I close... In 2004, we were in a church in Visalia, and we did not ask to be prayed over or anything else, but while the pastor was preaching, he stopped, and he said, uh, Greg and Connie, stand up, and we were on the front row, in a little service like this, and he began to just speak prophetically over us. Now, again, I... I hardly remember what was even being said because all of a sudden, both of us just got slammed to the ground. Now, I don't, I'm thinking to myself today, how foolish that had to look. Here we were, this guy's talking to us, we're laying on the ground, trying to get back up, all flailing around. We stood back up and he finished. And I will tell you that 2005 came around. Nothing. 2006, 2007... Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, things got worse. Two thousand eleven, my wife's on her deathbed. Really? This word of the Lord is has it got any validity at all? But I can tell you today, without a shadow of a doubt, that word is alive in me. God is 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 using so what I'm saying is is yes, there are those times, but I'll tell you what, it is more it is usually on the side. If you are, if, if a couple words are spoken over to you during your lifetime, that's probably the exception. Some of us, though, we're you know we need something all the time. No, just connect to Him. Connect to Him. I don't know what else I can say, Pastor Marquez. There... <laughs> Guys, as we close tonight. I don't want to scare us, but I want us to be. I want us to know the word. I want us to know what the word of God says. He gives us this this word not not as a. uh, He tells us, "Be careful, because watch out for those that are are among you." In Jeremiah, I was reading it today. I want to say it's in in right right around chapter twenty nine. He talks over and over again about these these wolves that have snuck in, these false prophets that are speaking things. I believe we're living in that day to day again. Where there's a lot of things being said. But how much of it do we latch on to? What do we release? What do we hang on to? Tonight, as we close. that's our prayer tonight what you say I say what you pray I pray Lord your life was always in surrender to the Father Lord that we could do the same that we could walk humbly before you Lord I pray that we would be watchful that we would be alert Lord, that we would be in your word. Lord, we thank you. I know it feels like in some ways I'm hard on the charismatic church, which I've been involved in all my life. But I feel like there are areas that we miss, that we We don't look like this word, and God's saying, "Listen, put your faith in put your faith in action. Follow my word. Live my word." Lord, we just thank you tonight. Lord, lead us, guide us, protect us. God, set a hedge of protection around our hearts and our minds. God, that no, nothing that the enemy brings in could penetrate. We thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to, yeah, just a second. I'm going to, yeah, go ahead and grab them. I want to close, this with something I was thinking about. There have been times in my life where I've, not too long ago a man prayed for me and I told my wife, I said, Man, he's praying over me. And and we were on the phone and and I felt something. I felt, you know, the little well you want to call them, the goosebumps, or whatever. And I thought, I, I there was a check in my spirit that said, is it of you, Lord, or is it just something else? So I let time go on. I found out the man. Was a child molester. And I said, Lord, could, how easy would it be for us if we were dominated by our feelings to be misled and directed? Everything felt right. But it's still, even when there's that feeling, it has to be judged by the word of God. Don't be led by your feelings. Don't be led by th- that, thus saith the Lord, or the Holy Spirit told me this. or If He said it, if the Holy Spirit said it, like I said, He will repeat it. He will confirm it. And the man or woman of God that speaks it will not be offended... If, you pray, if, they, if they pray over you, that you go and have it. You go and test it. You go and ask somebody. That you go and check it out. I, I say it like this. If somebody says, I'm healed, then I'm, you know, and I've got a deadly virus in my life, that I'm not going to just go, okay, well, he said I'm healed, so I'm just going to keep going about my business. No, I'm going to go to the doctor. Just like Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. He, they will declare you clean, clear, clean and clear if you're clear. Test it. There is nothing lacking faith by testing it. So that's my word to you tonight. It's test it. Don't be afraid to test it. If it's truly from the word of, if word of the Lord, for, it, will, it will be confirmed to your spirit. Amen.